Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Can't Blue Podcast post-match reaction. I'm your host, Dan Rowlandson, joined by a different face for the post-match show. It's Rob Warner returning after our 2023 review, which we were waxing lyrical about Aston Villa, Unai Emery and all the players. Don't think we'll be doing that tonight, Rob. Life Um, comes at you fast, doesn't it? (laughs) It really does. Uh, Before we get into the nitty-gritty of tonight, uh, obviously this is our first show since Christmas. It's Boxing Day as we're recording this. Uh, Did you enjoy yourself? Have you had a nice Christmas break? Yeah, I did actually. Um, it was. What did you get up yeah, to? Uh, went down to Kidderminster. Went with the family on the uh, on okay. the Santa Express, which was nice. And then, uh, yeah, went out for a, a nice dinner in a posh gaff. But it took so long for the food to come out, so we watched the first half of the Sheffield United match on my phone <laughs> at the table. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's been a it's been a good Christmas. What about you? Yeah, also in Kidderminster, weirdly. This is not something we discussed. Um, we stayed at home. I mean, people who tune in for the Man United post-match show, you can tell we do not want to speak about yeah. games. Let's just talk about Christmas for a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. we stayed at home for the first time. Obviously, we had the baby this year, so it was just the three of us. I did the cooking for the first time ever, and it was really nice just to do our own thing and, and do things of our, of our own accord. So, yeah, really enjoyable Christmas day. I've been to my family's today uh, for Boxing Day leftovers and then rushed back for the villa to, to do some work this evening and be really excited about uh, this game. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the inevitable happens, doesn't it? Oh yeah. The However bad Man United are, they still find a way to do something. Always. But two 0 I tweeted, I'm not saying anything because yeah. I just felt like if I say something, I'm going to look stupid. And I thought, oh, well, surely not. We're different under Emery. These things don't happen. He's he's rubbish. So many curses and whatnot. But they still find a way to not only come back into it and get a point, but to beat us as well. Yeah, I mean, it was bloody irritating, it, isn't it? It was classic vintage Villa tonight of all the stats. You know, United haven't won for ages. They haven't scored a goal for about six months. Hoyland's never scored a goal in his life. I mean, you can always guarantee that the benevolent Brummies come rolling into town. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's just, I, I think as well, having having grown up really in the 90s and growing up in, in Sutton Coldfield, I went to school with more United fans than Blue Noses. Um, and yeah, just saw it so many times that we would snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, whether it was the FA Cup, the league, Villa Park, Old Trafford, just never seemed to to matter. Even even today when, when we went 2-0 up, I was half expecting them to bring on Ruud van Nistelrooy or something, you know, just to, to turn it around. Uh, and as it turned out, they didn't need to. 
No, I mean, I've I've been working this evening, so I've, I've made notes on another tab of things I wanted to talk about as they happen during the game. And I said to you just before we started, some of those feel futile to discuss given the result, but yeah. I suppose we will do this in some kind of chronological order. Um, let's talk about the lineup first of all. Obviously, Dendonka is in the middle, McGinn out wide as usual rather than McGinn in the middle, which I do feel like we lose a little bit of his mm-hmm. best qualities by bringing him back in. Um <sighs> What did you think of the the eleven to begin with? It we're at the point where it uh, feels like a, it didn't really have much choice with with the eleven. You know, there could have been a little bit of tinkering with Zaniolo or or Diaby, but you know, realistically, that was what he could put out. I think what we're seeing at the moment, or what it feels like to me after the the City game, and perhaps the the opening goal against Arsenal is they, they look really tired and probably no yeah. surprise because we've had the most consistent starting eleven I think in the in the league this season. Yeah, made the least changes to the starting so, eleven. Yeah, I think today we saw some really sloppy mistakes, players miscontrolling the ball or misplacing dead simple passes. So I think the starting lineup was probably reflective of him wanting to keep his best team out as as good mm. as possible, but it did show. The drop off, like we've seen in the in the Conference League games, to be honest, where Longley, I think, perhaps flatters to deceive a little bit. You know, he can be a good player and he can pick a good pass, but then he can try and dance through two defenders, give away a corner, and then we concede. I think Concer, you know, smashing football. I footballer, I gave him my most improved uh, player tag in the in the last podcast, and I, yeah, he's just. As a as a right back in that sort of setup, didn't really make sense to me, and I thought Dendonka oh. was largely anonymous, which for a defensive midfielder is a bit of a worry, really. Mm. I will say, obviously, we're doing this live, and there's a couple of comments saying you know, doom and gloom and whatnot. These shows are always our raw reaction to the 90 minutes yeah. we've just seen. The overall bigger picture is what are we still third? I, I assume, or certainly yeah, in the top totally four. still third. It's still obviously amazing. Yeah, we're on a yeah, great no. run, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like we'll probably beat Burnley at the weekend. I bloody hope so, at least. Yeah. But this game and Sheffield United back to back feel a little bit doom and gloom. Obviously, the bigger picture is that Villa are in a very good place, but we're just here to talk about. Man United and that was crap. Come on. Yeah. yeah, it was. I think from the from the the minute we scored the second goal, we just seemed to sit really deep. Obviously, you know, the United players got their their backs up for it. Um but yeah, we were we were sitting deep and and it just wasn't anything we were trying wasn't happening. They seemed to mm. have kind of clicked onto a a bit of a formula that was reminiscent of the away game at Liverpool as well, where having three attackers sitting very wide and right on our back line and then just kind of more advanced players sitting in or typically more advanced players like Ericsson and Fernandez sitting a lot deeper, almost in like a quarterback role and just hitting first-time passes over the top. Although, mm-hmm. ironically, it wasn't that that caused us, to, caused us to concede, but it was causing a lot of pressure. It gave them a, a quick get-out you know they they were pressing us the number of times that we lost the ball near the corner flag on the edge of the penalty area whatever and within seconds it was it was at the other end of the field um, <laughs> so yeah it felt it felt quite ominous really from from probably the 30th minute onwards yeah it's interesting the like perception of when the opposition gets chances when villa play the high line we've talked about this before that when villa 
uh, are in the game and they win the game, but the opposition has chances or they maybe score, but it's offside. The kind of narrative is, well, they had chances, they scared us a little bit, but it's like, well, it was offside, so it doesn't matter. When it doesn't go your way and you lose the game, it's like, yes, overall it doesn't matter because those chances were specifically yeah. were ruled out for offside, but it does give the opposition a bit of momentum to think, well, we can get at these, we can create chances, yeah. and that's the version of events we saw tonight. Like you said, the, the high line and balls over the top wasn't our undoing, but it gave yeah. Yeah, United and the crowd belief that, okay, we can cause Villa some damage here. And they keep going, they keep going. What they're doing, Villa really struggled to to deal with what United were, were playing at. Um, we'll talk about the, the substitutions and stuff in a bit as well. I really thought the game management from Emery wasn't wasn't good enough today. To, no. And again, it's, it's, I'm only talking about today. He's been very good for us. I feel like I've got to caveat that every time just because of how people react to little things that we say. I'm only talking about tonight and that wasn't, the Unai Emery that I expect that wasn't the Aston Villa players that I, I expect it just it just didn't look good it looked like they had a, a big Christmas dinner and we're, we're struggling to run it off basically yeah I mean I, I think it's it's perhaps a bit of a marker as to where we're at on our journey mm. to be honest and Sheffield United fairly similar of we're starting to come up against teams inside the Sheffield United game where they'll sit deep and we've got to try and figure it figure it out um, and then today just saw that having to make a few tactical changes and personnel changes that, you know, we haven't got the squad to to cope with that. We need mm-hmm. the right players in the right positions to be bang at it. And don't be fooled by the, the rhetoric going into the game or the commentary during the game. You know, Manchester United have got some very good players and they were playing at home in front of 70,000 people and that win puts them up to sixth. So... You know, yeah, and it's you know, the yes, City have got a couple of games in hand, but they've got to win them and they're not on a good run. And United are only three points behind them, mm. so you know, I, I think we we do need that perspective of looking at it and, and saying, well, you know, it's it's somewhat inevitable. I think we we got into the the position of feeling like not necessarily we were steamrolling everybody, but certainly. You know, we could cope. That's the first time that we've uh, we've we've gone in front uh, and and then not kind of got anything out of the game. So again, there if, it, if it's going to happen anywhere, the chances are it is going to be somewhere like Old Trafford or St James's yeah. or Anfield because that's where those things happen. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that again you kind of look at and smirk when they flash up the little graphic of you know, Villa have been ahead in I think it was nine games and have won all yeah. nine. And you think, oh well, that won't last will it? Now they've now they've shown something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of really like extreme negativity in my opinion in, in the comments coming through, like things like disgraceful performance and stuff like that. I don't know if that's go as far to say that because. For me, that's a ninety-minute bad default performance. We were tuning up in this game. Let's not forget until the the what the hour mark or something. I think the first yeah. half was. I, th- I saw John's player ratings that he said that a couple of players had um, outstanding first half. I think it was the first was the words he used. I don't know if I'll go as far as say outstanding, but we deserve to be in front at, at half time. No, yeah. no mistake about it, and we're we're good enough for all three points. So things like disgraceful f- performance to me is when you've been terrible against the side for ninety minutes and, and been absolutely abject. We weren't that. Yeah. The second half, sure, really wasn't good enough, and there were some problems there. And obviously, that's been our downfall in the end. But let's focus on those positives and talk just about the first half for a little bit and, and the two goals. Yeah. Um, both coming from set pieces, which was something that, that we identified before the game with with an honouring goal that you can kind of get yeah. get at him a little bit in, in that way. We've seen him join the game like he sticks to his goal line, 
totally opposite to Martinez, who commands his area really well, yeah. and Arnold's just sort of glued to his position and doesn't look at it at all. Um, just on the first goal, obviously McGinn gets it, goes all the way through. I did wonder whether there was a very, very slight touch from, from Watkins, but he didn't run off and claim it, did they? So no. you, you would assume not. Uh, but less about the, the actual goal. What do you reckon Leon Bailey was saying to, to Anana? What do you reckon he's getting in his ear with? I saw somebody tweet that the old Rihanna lyric was perhaps coming out um, and he was he was winding him up about that. But who knows? It reminded me a little bit of, uh, was it against Arsenal a couple of seasons ago at Villa Park and Mings was in Aubameyang's ear mm. and actually made him laugh and then ran past him and scored. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, could have, could have been anything, but he definitely seemed to be trying to distract him. Um, seemed to seemed to work. I mean, it was just a, a shambolic bit of defending for both of our goals, really. They, mm. you know, yes, we were clearly clearly got a game plan for both the goals, and it and it paid off. But you know, if they'd been at the other end, we'd have been, uh, yeah, we'd would have been pretty concerned about what we'd seen there. That's for sure. Yeah, especially the second one. Obviously, the first one goes all the way through, and it's you, know, you see that happen. But the second one, they have got so much space to just basically pull off the move that they've planned and do what they want. You know, we talked before about Longland and Donker being anonymous, not very, very good. It's those two that combine for the goal, isn't yeah. it? Right. Again, both do very well. Uh, Longland to get a, a good head on it, I think, to get it back across, and a really nice little kind of back heel flick kind of thing from Den Donker. Yeah. At that point, I'm thinking. Okay, maybe we are like the curse of Old Trafford or whatever has gone away. Yeah. Uh, I think they said a stat during the game that would have won, I don't know, five times in 50 or something like that. And, and a couple of those were not yeah. in the last four or five fixtures. Uh, we won there, didn't we, under Dean Smith with Courtney Hawes in the last minute. Emery beat them in his first game. And, and then obviously we were 2 0 up at that point. So you thought that today was going to be another one. Um, but Villa were more than uh, worthy of their two goals yeah, yeah. in that game. Absolutely, like this. Okay, I always get distracted when we do these live by reading the comments of people like saying, "No, you're saying this wrong. You're saying that wrong." Like, cheer up, lads. This kind of thing. So, <laughs> trust me, I'm fully still on board with the Emery project. Yeah, yeah, of very good, etc. I'm only talking about tonight. And that second half was nowhere near the standard that we've come to expect from Villa, and that's my problem with it. We were sloppy. We didn't play out the game plan in the way that we normally do. Where were the substitutions, Rob? Why weren't we making changes when it clearly wasn't working? It's these things that I've got got gripes with. Yes, we're still third, etc. We can still get in the Champions League. Just park all that to one side for now, everybody. We're just talking about tonight and particularly the second half. Yeah. What went wrong for you? What happened? Well, I, th- I mean, I, th- I think first of all, you make a good point in that we've got to look at it game by game because that's exactly what Emery's going to do. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll he'll be, be fuming about that second half. He won't be thinking, yeah. yeah, well, we're still third, everyone. Don't worry about yeah, it. He'll, exactly. be, he'll be mad about that second half. Exactly. I think... You know, it was, is that our sixth game in December so far? Possibly. I think, I think so. As well. Yeah, and I, I think the, the one at the, the weekend will be our seventh game in December. So bearing in mind, we've had a couple of European matches in there, I think. I think the Legia one was, was in The Legia one was the 30th of November, so we've got Bournemouth City, oh, okay. Liverpool, Zorinski, Brentford is five, Sheffield United six, Man United seven, so Burnley will be eight. Okay. So, yeah, so, you know, if that's the seventh game in 26 days and it's been largely the same players and, and a lot of people are saying mm. in the comments and they're, they're dead right, you know, we haven't looked the same since the City performance, which there would have been a lot went into that and not many of them have really had the chance to recover. Um, you know, there's uh, 
there's a lot of comments, and I, I think rightly so, about Ramsey. Didn't didn't look great yeah. today again, but we didn't really have a pre-season. He came back, looked fairly sharp for 20 minutes, got injured again, mm. and so he's still going to have to get back to finding his level. Um, I still give him the benefit of the doubt that he's only just come back from the injury. But yeah, again, exactly. when, when you're in these positions, when you're turning up against uh, Man United, Old Trafford, and you're talking about important points for, for Champions League or title races or whatever, which, let's face it, we can probably put that title chuck to bed now. Uh, again, I suppose we're still not really out of it, given how close we yeah, are yeah. to it. But, you know, still, um, you know, you think we need everyone to be on it. We can't allow someone like Ramsey to be like, oh, well, we'll just let him off because he's only just come back. Like, if you're in the team, you've got to be doing your job. And, yeah, and totally. sadly, some of them aren't doing that. And that's the frustration, I think. Totally. And yeah, I think the, the changes, they made sense to me because it seemed certainly at times like the that Bailey was playing on the, the right side of midfield and McGinn was more like being off Watkins. And mm. those two seemed really isolated. You know, Varane, He's a superb central defender when he's fit. There's no two ways about it. I think Johnny Evans, certainly in the first half, was their best player. And even in the second half, there was a couple of well-timed tackles or he positioned himself well. You know, he just looked like an experienced old head and that's that's what he's there for. I imagine you know, that he's their best player in 2023. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and, and disappointing uh, disappointing for us to have to come up against yeah. him when he's, when he's playing like that. But... Yeah, they they just did look look tired, and I think the the changes seem to seem to make sense. I think having that, uh, or or at the time, the changes looked like perhaps he was going to put McGinn back into the midfield rather than further forward. Perhaps Zaniolo was going to play behind mm-hmm. uh, the striker, you know, and give us a little bit of height for an out ball. Um, but really, it was like it was fairly like for like swaps in the end. So tactically, it didn't seem to change much. Mm. Uh, nice to see Tim come on. I'm not going to try and say his uh, surname. Yeah, that's the one. Um, see, so yeah, it was nice to see him come on. Thought he thought he did all right. You know, all, yeah. all things considered. Um, but yeah, I think there was just quite a few players that looked tired and or under par. Um, mm. You know, and and I think if you if you were to go through the team, Consa looked fairly jaded, and I think you can tell that he's out of position. There's sometimes he gets caught on the outside. Um, it's certainly tonight that seems to be the case. He got he got caught on the outside a little bit. We've already touched on Ramsey. I said after uh, the Brentford game that it felt like a Pyrrhic victory because of Kamara getting sent off, and it's certainly looking that yeah. way. I, to, I did want to bring that up as again. I don't want to come across. Oh, you always moaning and all this rubbish. I was not happy with the Kamara thing the night of the Brentford game. I was not happy yeah. with the the conduct at the end of that game. I thought I think we were better than that. I think we can we shouldn't be getting dragged into to silliness like that. And I had so many people come back to me and say, "No, it's good. He's showing a bit of passion, showing a bit of fight. He's sticking up for his teammates, getting involved. You know that kind of thing." And that's all well and good. I, I agree with that to a certain extent. I'd rather he was on the pitch, though, yeah. for these three games. Yeah, exactly. Me, that's that's a up. mad thing to get involved with at the point we were in that game. Without without him for Sheffield United today and Burnley, Sheffield United, you can kind of say, you know, whatever about that game. We you know, we come back to get the point in the end. But today, if we're turning up at Old Trafford and Kamara's playing, and I know that sounds mad because then Dunker scored and he's his replacement. But I don't think we lose tonight if Kamara's playing. And no. we've still got to get through the Burnley game without him yet, which is no gimme, although I do expect to beat them because it's at Villa Park and obviously they are where they are. 
but it's such a stupid thing to get involved with it kind of you pass it off as oh it's passion it's this it's that it's like no like you need your best players playing on the on the pitch yeah, week yeah. in week out he's sure. one of our best players in midfield and we massively need him and that's such a stupid thing to get involved with and I'm not saying we've only picked up one point against Sheffield United and Man United because of that it certainly doesn't help yeah yeah definitely and I, I think or I hope that you know the the Monchi and his crew and uh, and Unai have been looking really carefully over the last few few months. You know, knowing what their likely options were in the case of injuries, suspensions, tiredness, form, uh, and as, as we get into January, um, that there's there's the chance to 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 bring a couple of people in. I think mm-hmm. it's clearly showing that we're missing influential players like um, like Buendia. Uh, Tielemans today again was a was a big miss. Players that are, like, Torres as well. they, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Torres as well. They, you know, they can pick a pass. They can hold onto the ball under pressure. You know, it just relieves a lot of the a lot of the angst for the other players around mm. them. Um, and we felt we felt quite rushed and panicked at times when we were being pressed. Um, and I, I, I felt like part of that was players that were fairly unfamiliar with either being in the team or the roles that they'd got in the team tonight. Mm. I mean, we've had that those that two games against Man City and Arsenal, which we were all on such a high, and and, and rightly so. And you get the one always with Moscow, which is a bit of a throwaway game. It doesn't doesn't really matter. We did what we had to do to, to top that group. We beat Brentford, which was a great result from coming back from behind, which after that madness at the end that we just mentioned. And then the one always Sheffield United, and then today, and you look at Burnley as well. And I keep saying, I think we'll beat them. And again, it's one of those things that I know football doesn't work like it, but we are much better than them. It's at Villa Park. We should be beating them. Yeah. You've got to kind of... It sounds mad, and I'm going to stick for it. You've got to stop this like mini blip. Because I think it is a blip, what this is. This isn't a trend of Villa starting to be terrible. I think it will end pretty quickly. We don't see under Emery in the last 12 months Villa lose or you know not win for four yeah. or five games at a stretch. So I fully don't expect that to happen. But you have got to stop that before it gets that far. And Burnley yeah, home is, yeah. is a great opportunity to do that. Sheffield United and Man United have not been the level we need to be to get in the top four. So something has to change. And as much as, yes, we should be very happy about being third, Uno Emery won't be happy with this last week or so. And I'll back him to to bring the changes to make change. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we're... Uh, yeah, we've, we've clearly got got to try and put the work in against against Burnley and figure out a way to beat them because they'll they'll be up for it. They'll they'll fancy it. Um, you know, describe it as a as a blip. I mean it's like one defeat in eleven matches and know, you know, whatever. Mad, it's it? it's kind of a these a are the standards though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean and that and that's exactly what Emery will be saying. I think as much as there'll be a pinch of realism thrown in there as well, I, I think when he's talking to the team, he will be looking at those those individual errors that have, that have cost us the game because um, I heard one commentator after the Arsenal game saying that uh, he thought he'd got a bit of a conspiracy theory that the that Villa's plan was to they were tired so they'd go at it for 20 minutes try and score and then protect a lead hmm. and it almost felt a bit like that again tonight of right we're 2-0 up now we've got to try and conserve a bit of energy and yeah you know, pass it round at the back and slow the tempo down, and they were not in any mood to to let us do that. And I don't think the system we play uh, really, yeah, really works in favour of, of 
trying to do that. We need a certain level of intensity to make it work. Mm. Um, and and so, yeah, I, I, I think it's it is really imperative that we we win at the weekend. But again, I, I think you know, looking at it, it, it shows how far we've come. And as much as we all really yeah. want to dream of like, I mean, even Champions League would be incredible yeah. uh, to to qualify for to qualify for that would be amazing. But yeah, I, I just think we, uh, yeah, for where we're at, if you look at the squad on paper, if you, you know, we talked about oh, the, the team that beat Man City and Arsenal, so much of it was Dean Smith's and Steven Gerrard's and whatever else. And on the one hand, that's a, a big positive in terms of the manager that we've got. But the flip side is, yeah, a lot of this team is Dean Smith legacy and, uh, and Gerrard legacy. And we, you know, we've seen what they are and aren't capable of. Mm. Um, you know, and I, and I think yeah, we we really lacked a bit of calmness right through the centre of the pitch today. Watkins, you know, kind of didn't really get involved. There was balls bouncing off him up front. It was one of those games where people who don't like Ollie Watkins can find it very easy to criticise him um, because you know they, they, he just was. He was almost like a Darren Bent type performance from him mm. tonight, which you know he didn't didn't get a lot of service, didn't get a lot of support. Uh, it felt like a lot of our players were too far from each other when we were in possession. Mm. Um, it, it felt like, yeah, there was there was definitely... Too, the, the passes were too difficult that everyone was having to try and make. They had to be inch-perfect slide rule passes. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we've got to have a look at if they are exhausted, what's the system that we want to try and play that's going to... Help us not fall to bits, and not that we, you know, not that we do a Martin O'Neill where you know we never used to win a game in March, did we? Because the the players were mm. just completely out of gas. Yeah, I think there will be some additions in January. I know me and Dan Bardell did a video a few weeks ago of him saying, "Oh, we don't need anyone. We've got a great squad. They are a great squad, but behind that great squad, there isn't really much uh, dependable quality." I guess if the you know if you got to put Clement Longley in for four or five games, I'd be a little bit concerned with that. I think he can come in and do a job. Here and there in the conference yeah, and it's, league, it's but... the same in a number of positions, and I think certainly 100%. for the type of football that we play, the the central midfielders that that sit just in front of of the defence are so important. Mm. And tonight we saw it with United, where they'd got kind of Manu was was sitting there and, and doing that job throughout, and then Ericsson and Fernandez were kind of rotating through it, and then you look at what they've got either on the bench or in the stands and there's Casemiro's there and Amrabat's there and McTominay's there you know and we're not very quickly you know a couple of suspensions and injuries and we're down to Leander Dendonka Iro Boonham you know yeah. who else would, would who's next in line you know if Dendonka does his hamstring today then who's playing at the weekend you know it's yeah. we just haven't got that richness in what's a really really vital part of our team Let's just talk very quickly because I want to wrap up soon because it's, it's Boxing Day. I think we've done enough now. I know there's going to be a lot of people who think you know. Yeah, this is like, you know, doom and gloom, negative and whatnot. And it is for this game in isolation. I keep saying it, that the bigger picture is fine. I do think this is one of those ones that you just say was a, a bad day or whatever. Turn it up is, yeah, it's terrible to throw away. But, you know, at least you, the least you do is you shouldn't lose. To, to actually go on and yep. lose it is, is really disappointing, give it whoever the opposition is and whether you're home or away or whatever. And put that to one side a little bit. The way they get back into the game, uh, obviously Garnacho scores two. The second one is deflected off Carlos, I think. And I, yeah, 
easy to say because I've only seen it a couple of times, but it feels like one that Martinez maybe gets to if it's not oh, deflected. Yeah, maybe that, yeah. you know, that, that obviously that changes things. One I just want to quickly mention is the offside goal. I think Rashford plays it forward yeah. to Garnacho, who's in real time, I thought, oh, he's offside. It's forward boys offside. The replay was very close and they took a long time to, to get it sorted, but they've gone offside in the end and we'll, we'll say that's right. But we lose Luca Dean in that that passage of play as well. I don't know what mm-hmm. he does. He's he tries to clear it off the line, and I don't know if he pulls something or uh, hits into the post or whatever. I've honestly not seen yeah. it back. He obviously goes off at that point, which is again bad because he's been very good this year. As much as Moreno yeah. is a is a solid replacement, that just upsets the momentum a little bit. Man United are getting back into this. They've just scored. That was tight, and we've lost our left back all in the same move. And yeah. that was a little bit of a a turning point for me. I think. Well, I kind of thought. Okay, yes, Man United aren't what they once were, and it's they've all become a bit of a meme because I've got this strike that doesn't score goals, and Alanga has scored more goals at Forest than Anthony has at Man United, and all these different things. And it's like, yeah, but they're still dangerous, they're still sixth or, or wherever yeah, they yeah. are, they're still within touching distance of yeah. everyone. How is this happening? And that was the moment where I just thought, okay, they, they've still got something. We've lost Dean, we're now, I don't want to say down to the bare bones. Moreno's a good player, but he's only just come back, and that's well, he's a very different type of player, and I, and I think. If you look at our left backs and our right back <laughs> rather than proper right backs, you know, we don't have duplicates of them on the other side. And I think we yeah. we need it. I think Dina's good at sitting a little bit more, certainly in the system we play. He tends to sit a little bit more defensively. He, he plays more as a, a proper fullback. He's got the ability to cross the ball very accurately from deep, which supports him not needing to go charging up the field. And it gives us a bit more protection. Whereas Moreno's very different. He gets in, you know, gets beyond the wide midfielders. He gets into the opposition penalty area. And I think there's clearly games where one is more suited than the other. And tonight, mm. Dini was much more, you know, much more suited. And I'd like to 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 see us have the same options on on the other side. Where I think concert gives us that defensive stability and as much as he can go on a bit of a run. You know, he's, he's not pinging balls over like uh, like Dina does. And then when Cash is playing, I think the, the gulf in ability between him and Moreno, if you want to look at fairly similar styles of play, is mm. is massive. But yeah, it's, it's disappointing that again, we've we've lost a player to injury through trying to defend something that turned out to be offside because that's how yeah. we lost Tyrone Mings as well. Yeah, really frustrating night overall, I think. And I think we've kind of done it to death now. I yeah. genuinely think it's just one of those. It's just the fact it's probably coupled with Sheffield United that we look at it as two bad results back to back. If Sheffield yeah. United was a month ago and we'd won three games since, you're probably just going, ah, oh, well, we're tuning it up. These things happen. It's Man United. We go again against Burnley. And that is really probably how we should look at it. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we'll all kind of move on to, to the next one. Um, we won't be doing a preview for Burnley because it's Christmas. People are on annual leave. I'm actually on annual leave for the first time this year over the next couple of days. I don't um, even get paid. Just come on out of yeah, yeah, over Christmas. That. My uh, pockets are empty <laughs> after Christmas. Um, so our, our next po- our next show will be the post-match reaction for Burnley on Saturday evening. Probably with me and Kendrick for that one because it's a home game. So we'll both be there. Um, and I, yeah, like I said a couple of times, I fully expect us to bounce back from the blip that we're on mad isn't it we've lost one game in however many like you said um but 
based off the comment section at least online we're uh, in despair because of uh, of what's happened this evening and yes it does feel bad um i really really dislike man united i don't know i was gonna ask you because i think we've talked about this before me and matt like where they rank for you as a, an opponent that you don't like maybe slightly different for you, for you of growing up in the 90s oh right up there yeah, yeah i right really really there. dislike them yeah right up there partly because we can never seem to beat them no matter what yeah. we do partly yeah. because of you know at least i haven't got to go to school in the morning everyone would be <laughs> crowing you know back in the back in the 90s it was that was always the way um yeah. so yeah it, it is it's, it's just massively frustrating but i think the one thing we've seen if we want to try and round it out on a positive note i think the one thing yes. we've seen with unai emery in charge is something like this can actually present an opportunity. Mm. They will analyse this to the far end of a fart, looking for exactly, you know, what's gone wrong, why, how. They'll have all the information in the sports science in terms of, right, who's really looking tired, who's losing position, whatever else. Um, you know, and, and I think from this, it will enable us to become stronger. And I, I think the, the journey that we're on is all about really being a sustainably consistently good football team and if we if we keep beating teams or scraping wins whatever you know we we won't learn anything from it and we've got to know how to be able to respond if we're 2-0 up early doors and then the home team starts battering us you know we've got to be able to look at that and know what we need to do when it happens again because it will happen again yeah, there was, there was a comment from Rob here who says, not, not you, Rob, a different one. Uh, one thing is for sure, I'm happy to have this conversation this season with this manager and set up compared to the last few seasons. Yeah, if we were coming off the back of this uh, run of form against Sheffield United and Man United under Stephen Gerrard or Dean Smith or Steve Bruce or whoever it'd be like, okay, probably maybe this is the start of something. This is the start of a, a downward curve in, in Villa's form. And oh, what, what does 2024 hold? Oh, look at that game. That looks tricky. For, for, for Villa under Emery now, I am just looking at Burnley going, okay, well, we can put things right there. This oh, yeah. game comes up in, in four days' time. If we beat yeah. them comfortably, everyone forgets Man United. And we might go yeah. on another little run of yeah, yeah. positive performances off the back of it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just calm down a little bit to the, the, the YouTube comments is my message. And at least me. we haven't lost that tonight and looked across to the dugout and seen Wayne Rooney standing there. So it could be a <laughs> lot worse. Oh, God. That's a whole other podcast, isn't it? What's going on over the road? <laughs> um, Rob, I can hear a child crying. and I, I assume most people will be able to hear that for the microphone as well. So I've never done this before. I will let you, the guest, do the outro. Just thank you oh, for wait. watching. Leave reviews, comments, etc. Yeah. Say goodbye. So and I'll wait. with that from my own channel, so don't worry. Uh, so yeah thanks everyone uh, for tuning in tonight I know it's not been the best news but it's just another step on the way forward so uh, don't forget to like and subscribe if you've enjoyed what you've heard tonight albeit some of it's been a little bit feeling sad uh, do tell your friends uh, and yeah we will look forward to seeing you again after the uh, Burnley match at the weekend so remember keep on uh, keep on fighting the good fight we'll get there